Welcome to today's teaching service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Temagana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this time. For this is the time that, Lord, we gather here as your children before you as our Lord and our God. We do so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, asking the Lord again, you be with us, that your presence shall be notably felt here in your house. Grant us to understand your word. Give us spirits of humility. Lord, we shall receive the steward of blessings, miracles, separation, and your spirit. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for everything. Just let's say amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. Once again, let me invite every one of you to uh, these teachings. And um, here in Ghana, or if you're watching us, being with us, any part of the world, you are most welcome. Uh, this is the first century apostolic church located in Ghana. And here we preach the unadulterated word of God. And last week we began, last time we met, we began by looking at the subject of the laying on of hands. We did part one last time we met, and today we're going to do the concluding and part and part two of the, the laying on of hands. Sometimes it's called the imposition of hands imposition of hands or the laying on of hands. And today for our text, let's all turn to the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 verses 18 to 26. We take our text from Matthew's gospel chapter 9 verses 18 to 26. The laying on of hands. Matthew 9, 18. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, 
my daughter has just died. But come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. And suddenly, a woman who had a flow of blood from, for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the, crowd, and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand. And the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. The report of this went out into all that land. Praise the Lord. Last week we began by way of introduction and we said the laying on of hands as it was practiced in the Old Testament as you're going to see now it's quite different. Though it's the same thing it's quite different in how it is done and the purposes for which is done in the New Testament era, the time that we are in now. In the Old Testament days, the imposition of hands, or when hands were laid on anybody, they were principally for two main reasons. Hands were laid on people to bless them, in the same way as Jacob blesses children especially Joseph's two sons. Jacob laid his hands on them and blessed them. So in the Old Testament days, hands were laid mainly to bless and two, to set people aside for special divine or spiritual tasks or purposes like the priests, the kings, and the prophets. And even then, the usual mode in which it was done was to pour a horn of oil on them, more often than laying hands on them. It was to set them apart. So it was for separation, for God's divine assignment or purposes. So we see that in the Old Testament, Basically, it was for the bestowal of blessings and separation apart. But with the incarnation of Jesus, with the arrival of Jesus, 
to usher in his church, we see that this practice was expanded to the point that it looks like it was limitless. It was no longer limited in the way it was done and the purposes for which it was done. Therefore, one thing that I want us to learn from these studies is that anytime hands are laid on you in its different forms, you are the receiver or the recipient must know very clearly what you are to receive or what you expect to get from God through the laying on of hands or through the imposition of hands. So you don't just present yourself for hands be laid upon you without knowing, without knowing very well what it is for. If you don't know what it is for, you may not receive what it just meant. And even if you knew, and even if you receive it, I didn't know it, you may not be aware that you have it. Praise the Lord. In our text tonight, we hear of Jesus uh, being approached by a ruler, a high-ranking official in Israel. And this ruler came to Jesus at one time and worshipped him. Worshipped him. Meaning that he knew and believed that Jesus was the son of God, the Messiah, sent from God. And that Jesus had the power, power to do what he was requesting for his daughter. Because his daughter had just died. His daughter has just died. And he came to Jesus with a, a very unusual request. He said, come and lay your hand on her. And she will leave. In the Old Testament, we have just learned that hands were laid on people for blessings and for separation. Not for raising up the dead. Not for raising the dead back to life. So this ruler... Uh, must have had great faith. He must have had great insight, great faith, knowing that Jesus, being God, um, was or is limitless. It's not limited by what he can do by the laying on of his hands. And therefore, church, as you go along, begin to apply these things to yourself. That if we now, we are in the era of the ministry of the Holy Spirit who was sent from God for us by Jesus that the Holy Spirit might continue, continue the ministry of Jesus. Because after he has sent, sent the Spirit to us to convict the world of righteousness, judgment of sin, he's continued the ministry then know that when hands are laid on you by someone who is called, appointed, 
and anointed by God, then by faith you must expect to receive mighty things. And may you receive mighty things tonight. In the name of Jesus. So they said, come and lay your hand on my daughter who has died. And she will live. Jesus didn't argue. He didn't say no. He said, oh, that is not uh, what the laying of hands is for. But Jesus arose and followed him. Followed him. Bible said, as they were going, suddenly a woman came from behind. And this woman has had an issue of blood. He has a bleeding problem for 12 years. The Bible says that he has spent a lot of her money on physicians, all her money on physicians, on doctors, and medications. But she just got worse. She came from behind and said to herself, believed in herself, that if only I may touch his garment, if only I may touch his garment, I am sure I will be healed. And those days, the Lord of Moses clearly spelled it out that if you were a woman and you had a bleeding problem, you were not to be allowed into the midst of people. You were stay away from people. But this woman actually, by faith, moved through the crowd and came from behind and touched the hem, touched his garment, and she was healed immediately. So, Jesus turned around. The Bible, some said that the woman was afraid. Jesus said, oh, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. Your faith has made you well. Because this man has done something that, again, demonstrated a new dimension, a new mode of application of the laying of hands. In that, this time, hands were not laid on her. She rather went and, so to speak, laid hands <laughs> on the garment of Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, she didn't ask Jesus to lay his garment on her or ask Jesus to lay his hands on her, but she rather went and stretched out her hand and, so to speak, laid hands on Jesus. And she was healed because she believed that she would be healed. And she was healed. So this woman demonstrated, like I said, uh, a further expansion, a further area, a new way of getting blessings from God in that there's a reversal. There's a reversal. Instead of Jesus laying hands on her, she reversed the process. She rather laid hands on Jesus. And she was healed. Praise the Lord. So, beloved, when we talk of faith, faith can be demonstrated different ways, but in the context of what God has provided, in the context of what God has provided. God, God cannot be limited. 
God cannot believe. Once, once what you are doing is by faith, that's in line with God, what God has given us, it's not against the law of God, not against God's commandment. But by faith to do it, God will look at you and God will bless you. And may God look at you tonight and may God bless you. So, Jesus now came to the ruler's house. And of course, those days, I mean, if you died, like even today, immediately, everyone assumed that that's that the end. Death is the end. So, there were wailings and flute players and the mourners. The, the house was noisy. It was a ruler, so a big house. And his daughter had died. So, you can imagine the crowd, the mourners. And when he said, God, they said, oh, they should be quiet. The, this girl had not, wasn't dead. She was only sleeping. She was only sleeping. And they began to laugh at him. They laughed. They ridiculed him. They laughed at him. How can someone dead be sleeping? But Jesus, being God, knew what he was about to do. So sometimes what may seem to be the end of the road for us, in fact, may be just the beginning of our blessings. Amen. And may it be so unto you tonight. By faith, what may look like, oh, where I've reached now, what has happened now, generally speaking, is unheard of that anything else can happen, but that's it. Finished. It's over. It's all over. In fact, if we will exercise faith in God, it may very well be the beginning of a great miracle and a new beginning for you. It may be so unto you tonight. So Jesus now went this time and took the girl by the hand. He didn't lay hands on her head. As, as has been the practice in the Old Testament days, he took her by the hand and the girl rose up, came back to life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So church, with this, we can see that laying out of hands are done for four major reasons. Four major reasons. Again, now we still practice it in blessing. In blessing. Remember, the Bible says that the greater blesses the lesser. The greater blesses the lesser. The blessing that we bestow is not physical or financial blessing, but it's a spiritual blessing. So the person doing the laying of hands must be spiritually greater than the recipient of the laying of hands. In other words, you don't make your head available or someone to lay hands to bless you, if that person hasn't got, hasn't got that thing vested in him by God. And I will be very careful who we allow to lay hands on us. Amen? We still lay hands for separation. But again, now, Jesus is coming, and there are two more reasons. God's miraculous power. The laying out of hands now brought in the era of God's 
miraculous power. In other words, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. When the woman touched his garment, a miracle. It was God's miraculous power. When Jesus took the little girl's hand and broke him by light of God's miraculous power. And um, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus also ushered in the coming of the Holy Spirit with the position of hands or various means by which the Holy Spirit is given and received in the New Testament church. So we have four reasons, four things, blessings, separation, the working of miracles or God's miraculous power at work for whatever your need is, whatever you need. And number four, the coming and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Wherever you are, listen to me tonight. Learn from today's um, teachings that the laying of hands or its various modifications, whether you're touching the anointing or, or touching of the hand or whatever it is, for four main reasons. And I'll go over them again. Number one, for bestowing blessings so that if you are, you are blessed, you are blessed, then you are blessed. And there must be a clear difference between your situation after the laying out of hands and before. Therefore, there should be, there must be a clear before and after. Also for separation. Separation for divine tasks. And working of miracles and the coming and receiving of the Holy Spirit. Just say amen. Clap your hand for Jesus. You know, Mark, Mark chapter 10, Mark 10, verses 13 to 16. Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. Then they brought the Lord's children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, who by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Here again, blessing by the imposition of hands. Jesus again practiced the Old Testament practice of, you know, laying of hands in order to bless. The apostles, apostles laid their hands 
on the sick and heal them. Acts of God's miraculous power. The apostles laid their hands on the sick and healed them. Acts 14, verse 3. Acts of the apostles. Chapter 14. Verse 3. Acts 14, verse 3. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands, by their hands, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So God was granting the miracles, signs, healings by the hands of the apostles. The same Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. Acts 19, 11 and 12. Acts 19, 11 and 12. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the the evil spirits went out of them. Again, God working. So we see that in the imposition of hands or the laying of hands, it is actually God who is working. It is not the person doing the laying of hands that is working. No. Whatever power, whatever blessing or separation or even a coming of the Holy Spirit that takes place is not because of the person who are doing that act, but God using that person's hand or that person's body, or that person's handkerchief, or apron, to do these signs, wonders, miracles, healings, and deliverances. So that now, in the Old Testament church, it's not just blessing and separation, but miracles, signs, Wonders, healings, deliverances, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, in fact, it is true in the fact that any New Testament church where God is and where the power of God is, and I always say that God is everywhere, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but his power is not seen everywhere. Power is not everywhere, but he is everywhere. So that where God is and you see his power, then remember that it's God who is doing it. When you see these things happening, then you know that God is there in their midst. God is there in their midst. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say a better amen. amen. Now, the apostles, apostles also laid hands on newly baptized persons, and they received the Holy Spirit. 
pointing to the fact that, like I said already, there is a connection. There is a very strong connection between the position of hands and the coming and reception of the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8, verses 16 to 18. Acts 8, 16 to 18. Well, let's say from verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard, Acts chapter 8, verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, Pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They pray that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Even Simon the magician realized that it was through the laying on of hands of the apostles that the Holy Spirit was given. But he didn't realize that it wasn't coming from the apostles themselves. It was God using the hands of the apostles. So he offered them money. He, he, he wanted to, to buy the Holy Spirit, which is probably, you know, according to the laws of of the world. You want something, you buy it. Once you have money, you can get whatever you like or you want. So you offer them money that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And in fact, indeed, I know that there are some people who even offer ministers money. They will not, they will not label that as bribe money, but we are supporting your ministry. We are sowing a seed. There are various um, nomenclature for it, uh, different classifications, supporting the ministry, sowing into your ministry, sowing into your life, sowing a seed. But in natural fact, not, sorry, in natural fact, um, they intend to receive the blessings, the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, by offering money, by offering money. But that should not be the case. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Again, once again, like, the old, like in the Old Testament days, even now in the New Testament church, this practice, this practice is associated with the ordination of deacons and ministers. And we see that in Acts 6. Acts 6, verse 6. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, verse 6. Acts 6, verse 6. Whom they said before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. So when they were choosing deacons, they said them before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And 1 Timothy 4, 14. 1 Timothy Chapter 4, verse 14. 
1 Timothy 4, 14. This is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, um, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. And 1 Timothy 5.22. 1 Timothy 5.22. Paul, knowing the, 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 the waiting nature of this, of, this, of this practice, what this means, warned or advised Timothy, do not lay hands on anyone hastily nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Do not lay hands on people, on anyone hastily. Why would Paul advise Timothy not to lay hands on anyone hastily, too quickly? Because, church, the laying on of hands the laying on of hands or the reception of these miracles, signs and wonders and everything is, is related. In fact, they take their root. All that we are saying take their root from the act of separation. Hello? It all has to do with separation. What I'm trying to say, what I'm saying is this. You see, in the New Testament times, there's the word called elect, the called, the chosen, the elect, the called, the chosen. And strictly speaking, these things are reserved for those who are the called, the elect, the chosen. For these are the ones who have been separated or set aside. You see, once you are separated or set aside, elect, called, chosen, then you qualify. You qualify to receive blessings by the imposition of hands. You qualify to receive the Holy Spirit. You qualify to receive God's miraculous acts in your life. So, it is wrong for anyone who is genuinely called and appointed by God to be laying hands on God's elect for these reasons to go around laying hands on people who are not among the elect, those who are not called or chosen. Now we're laying hands on unbelievers. Those who don't worship God, who do not call upon the name of Jesus, who God does not know them as his children, going laying hands on such people is an abuse. It's an abuse of that gift that God has vested in that person. So Paul told Timothy, do not lay hands hastily on anyone. Not hastily. Now examine the person. Make sure the person qualifies 
for the laying of hands before you do so. Maybe that's why he said, do not share in their sins. He said, um, nor, he said, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Beloved, people think, people think that uh, the laying of hands is just a simple thing. So that you, even the one laying, on, laying hands on people, have to be get very careful. That you don't just do it casually, do it, you don't, you don't do it, um, you know, carelessly. Because in doing so, who knows? You may begin to share in the sinless sins and therefore defile yourself. He said, keep yourself pure. Do not share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Therefore, do not lay hands on anyone hastily. Praise the Lord. Just clap your two hands for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And of course, when we go to Acts 13, verses 1 to 3, Acts 13, 1 to 3, Acts 13, Acts 13, 1 to 3. The Bible says that, now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Separate to me. Separate to me. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, then sent them away. They laid hands on them and sent them away. Amen. So, in doing so, separation and therefore empowerment. They, they, they fasted, prayed, prophecy, they laid hands on them, separated them, and then empowered them for the work that God had called them to do. Praise the Lord. Um, in conclusion, Lord, it's, 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 it's a, a great mystery. It's a great mystery. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's beyond understanding. And therefore, it forms part of the great mystery of godliness. How a human hand, a human hand, laid on somebody or touching somebody or somebody touching a human body can do any of these things. Like I said, in the Old Testament days, it had to be the prophet, the king, or the priest. So that even Elisha, Elisha, after his death, and uh, in his tomb, only his bones were lying there. They were, the bones were still anointed. That when they, 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 they dropped a dead body on, 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 on Elisha's bones because they were afraid, they had to flee, so they just dropped the body and ran away. <laughs> the dead person came back to life. Bones. Praise the Lord. So it, it, it's not something you must take, take lightly. And I, for example... 
I see it as a very weighty, weighty or heavy matter. So when you come forward, for hands be laid upon you. For example, when we lay hands for 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 a certain reason, and that reason doesn't concern you. Church, are you listening to me? For example, when we say, oh, those who are sick, come forward. And you are not sick. <laughs> you are not sick. You just want hands to be laid upon you. You are not sick. It's an abuse. It's an abuse of God's miraculous power. It's an abuse of God's miraculous power. So that when, before you come forward, uh, know what you are going in for. And then remember that it's not that person standing before you, but God who is actually touching you. And you shall go back and sit down and you have received that miracle. May you all receive your miracles tonight, church. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Finally, Mark's gospel, chapter 16, this we know already, I'll read it again. Mark, chapter 16, Mark 16, 15, to 19. The gospel according to St. Mark chapter 16 15 to 19. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe these things? I know, I know that any, at any time in our lives, there's a need. When I say a need, there's a, a miraculous need that we need from God. We have just learned from last, last week and this week four reasons. Blessing, setting apart or separation, God's miraculous power and for miracles, Signs, wonders, healings, and deliverances. And the receiving or the coming and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Don't forget these things. And these four basic things. And these things, like I said, are given out. They are manifested in various ways. Not just by laying on. In fact, in this church, hardly do I lay hands. Usually I touch hands. I touch Sometimes I lay hands, but hardly do I lay hands. It's the same thing. The same thing. Praise the Lord. Because when we are many, you know, laying on hands, I know of a very famous minister who believed in laying hands on everybody. And whenever he had a, a, a program, thousands used to lay hands on. After about 100, your arm would be so painful. <laughs> This part of the anointing, you still happy in your arms. And I'm told that this man eventually developed a, a, a frozen shoulder, laying hands. But when you touch, you know, you are relaxed. And it's still the same thing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, before we 
According to prayer, I know that God is with us here and that God works through his servant. God works through his servant. It is not I, it's not me, but God wanting to do something for you must pass it through somebody that he has called to be his born servant, his servant. Servant means he's working for God also working for you. Servant of God works for God and works for you. It's not you working for him and not God working for him either. No, that's not the case. So, um, according to your need, let's be on our feet. According to your need, you are going to ask that from what we have learned in these two teachings, the Lord, if it's blessing, you're asking for blessing. If it's separation, separation. If it goes miraculous, power, and a miracle. Thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you, and we hope to see you next Tuesday.